No Purpose Without Love is a podcast dedicated to helping you find purpose through the relentless pursuit of God's love. The unfortunate reality is that we are born into a world that does not know God. Since God is synonymous with love, to be without God is to be without love. This podcast aims to bring light to the dark areas of your life so that you gain a deeper connection with love as a person, more affectionately known as Jesus. Jesus spoke often about the kingdom of God, and in the kingdom, love is the why behind everything that exists, including our purpose. I am your host, Dave Garesso, and my hope and prayer is that you will experience the overwhelming love of God so powerfully that you will become love to a world that is still very much without love. God has given me the ability to provide the spark, but he wants to fan into flames the purpose that he has for you, which always leaves a trail of breadcrumbs leading right back to our Father and Creator. Please remember to follow this podcast to continue receiving notifications about new episodes as they're released. Now let's get fired up. Hello and good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. I am your, your host, Dave Russo, of the No Purpose Without Love podcast, where we learn to lead well, live on purpose, and honor God with your life. Today, I have with me my friend Rob. And just to do a quick intro on Rob, for over a decade, Rob has been blessed to impact thousands of lives, helping people overcome their limiting beliefs through coaching and speaking. He currently helps entrepreneurs and business owners with their business growth by improving their brand image and marketing their products and services more effectively. Rob, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, Dave. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. So why don't you just kick it off by telling us the story of how you even got into the work uh, or got to where you are today in general? Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess we kind of there's multiple different pieces of it, right? So there is the uh, the coaching piece, the mindset piece, and then there's like the uh, marketing content, all of that uh, piece as well. Uh, if we kind of go back to the the coaching side of things, so um, about uh, what 12, 13 years ago, I got involved with a gym. Uh, I started as a personal trainer. I grew from a personal trainer to a salesperson to the manager uh, of that gym, then uh, expanded quickly over the next few years. Uh, we had six different gyms. I was in charge of those. I was leading teams. Um, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun along the way, you know, just helping out with leadership and sales and training and, and all of that stuff. But what really started to uh, make me interested in in mindset and, and where people are at and how how do we change habits and everything like that is I realized that uh, as a personal trainer you hand people <clears throat> a plan a program and uh, I'd hand them a, a nutrition program they'd stick to it for about you know six seven days then decide it's too hard and not do it anymore and I was just like man like what's going on why what what's limiting people like why are they they not sticking with this, like what's going on there. And that led me down this road of really studying psychology. Um, so I ended up getting multiple different certifications and, uh, you know, NLP and, and uh, strategic intervention, which is a, a company I trained with uh, that's owned by Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's. Um, 
and behavioral therapy. Like I started doing all of this, uh, these certifications, this education, and that really uh, informed this passion that I had with with helping people get out of their own way and uh, and 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 get into what they actually want uh, for themselves. Um, and then as far as the content piece of things, that goes back even further. I, I've been in uh, filmmaking for over two decades. Uh, that's actually not even on my resume, but um, I got involved with acting and filmmaking and, and all of that stuff. So uh, as I started to help more business owners, we st I started talking to them about their content and their marketing and uh, helping them be more of themselves in their marketing and in their content. And that naturally progressed over time. And now I get the, I, I'm very blessed to be able to help people do that uh, for for themselves and for their business. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've experienced that with just a couple of meetings with you, Rob. So I'm well aware of what, what you're able to accomplish. And I think one of the things I appreciate most is the authenticity. And that's what I hear you talking about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I, I am curious about one thing though, before we go on, you had mentioned what, you know, this thing that keeps people stuck. And that's what kind of led you down the psychology thing. And for those of you listening, if you heard NLP, that's neurolinguistic programming, right, Rob? Yes. <laughs> that's a fancy term and a very interesting science, by the way. But what is it that causes people to get stuck? Like, what what did you discover? So it, it's 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 crazy because it feels so complex when you try to dive into it. But if if you simplify it and you boil it down to like, hey, what's the one thing that gets people stuck? it all boils down to belief system. What you believe is possible, what you believe is 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 accomplishable for, for yourself. And uh, more often than not, when you're self-sabotaging, when, when you're, man, I really want to do this thing, but I can't get myself to do this thing, or, hey, I stay involved in it for you know a little bit, and then I, I fall off the bandwagon, I have to start all over. It, it really comes back to like, do you believe that what you're trying to achieve is even accomplishable? Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of us will carry a, a bad belief of, yeah, it, you know, so-and-so did it. So it's easy for them to do it, but it's so much harder for me. It's like, no, ev everybody struggles, right? So the, the, the thing that needs to be corrected right off the bat is what you, and it, you change what you believe, you change what you think is possible for yourself. You, you change that perspective, it totally shifts the actions that you're, mm -hmm. um, so belief is the thing that gets people caught up more than anything else. Cause we, we naturally want to point, right? We want to point that finger mm -hmm. and we want to say, Oh, like my, my spouse is not supportive or, Oh, like, you know, uh, the competition's too hard or, Oh, my boss, my boss won't listen. We love to point fingers, but when we, bring it back around and we point that finger to ourselves, and we say, Hey, maybe, maybe I don't believe that's where we start to actually find our power <laughs> inside of ourselves. We find that strength that God is really placed inside of us. Uh, and we can unlock that and really fulfill our potential. Yeah. So it's essentially whatever we believe can become our reality or as a man thinks, so is he, we've heard that before. And yep. so, yeah, powerful. And I, I think sometimes, we're set, we're held back just because we don't believe in what we're trying to accomplish or we don't believe in ourselves. And we can even see a false narrative that's not even there and, yeah. and create a reality maybe that doesn't currently exist from it, which that's the scary side of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and, and, and think about it. How easy is it to not take action if you truly believe that it's not even possible? Right. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, a, a saying that I heard a long time ago is it, the place you'll find the most unused potential is in the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> Where all the goals and dreams and visions go to die. <laughs> Very familiar with that one. All right. So um, let's change it a little bit. So speaking of God, like what what role has being a follower of Jesus played on your journey so far? You know, um, the more that I've matured in my faith, the more I understand that none of this is right. So um, I, I, the, the biggest change uh, in my perspective of the role that God plays in my life is everything is outside of my hands other than my action, right? So what I follow through on is the only thing that I can do. And God is going to impact the outcome of that. So uh, it's allowed me to detach uh, my emotional state from the outcome. And therefore, I don't have to be desperate because I know my father's going to take care of me, right? So I, you and I were talking about this, Matthew 6, yes. right? Yes. That whole chapter, right? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I have it tattooed on my arm, mm. verse 33, verse 34. I wish I put 34 on my arm as well, mm. work that into the tattoo. But, um, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all things are added to you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow mm. brings its own worry. I think for years and years, I really struggled with worrying about every little thing, especially mm. if it was, yeah. you know, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to do this? How am I going to grow my business? How am I going to do that? And the more that I've I've matured in my faith, the more I've scaled that back and just said, like, Lord, I don't know, you know, our nation might fall tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I can't possibly prepare for that. So the future is in your hands, Lord. I'm just going to do what I can today. I'm going to take the actions I can today. And as I move this direction, Lord, bless it or cut it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like my life is in your hands. So. Yes. Uh, that's dramatically impacted how I interact with people, how I, how I, how I treat and serve clients. Um, you know, it, it's impacted everything. Yeah. So we have somebody that replied, Melanie, uh, says that the age of our faith plays a big role. And so I think what she's talking about is sort of as we mature in yeah. our faith, it definitely changes perspective. I have to agree with that statement. In yeah. my own experience, I, I would say I would say the age of your faith plays a big role. The depth of your faith plays a big mm-hmm. role because I mean, like, think about think, think about how we're supposed to be. The Bible mm-hmm. says that we should be like a child. Yeah. Right. And just mm-hmm. in awe and wonder. Right. Of what mm-hmm. what God God does for us and what you know, how he how he you know, can command the mountains to move. Like, mm-hmm. so there's nothing that's outside the realm of possibility for him. Therefore, if, if I'm his child and he's taking care of me, the way mm-hmm. Matthew six says that he will take care of me, I have nothing to worry about. I, yeah. I, I just have to do what's right in my father's eyes. Yeah. And, you know, to, to go along with that too, it's like, I've often said the same thing. It's not about me. It's about God. But I also think it's about who we become. Mm-hmm. in the process, because all of these things are meant to shape us and, and conform us to a certain pattern of who he is so that we can reflect that. Right. And so I think that's an important aspect of it is, although it's not entirely about us, it has something to do with us and yeah. who we become and how we reflect his character out into the world. Just something. And, and another thing, even recently, is that, you know, we we 
we talk about the love of God toward us and the love of us toward God, but sometimes we miss out on the fact that he created us to be for each other as well, right? Yes. And, and so I have all these brothers around me that love me and care for me. And because of some of the stuff I've been through, right, early on in life, I lack the trust automatically. And I build these false narratives. I think we were just talking about this, these false narratives in our head that, you know, we believe maybe they're true, maybe they're not, but it gets in the way of that. And so I think as the depth of our faith grows, like you're talking about, Rob, that that translates onto other people as well and how we learn to love them better and to even learn to receive love more. Whereas before, maybe we would have rejected it for various. Absolutely. I mean, like, how well do you take compliments, David? Like, do you take compliments? Paul? I'm getting a little bit better, but I still struggle. I still yeah, struggle. I- I struggle with it too, because I, I, I always want to push it off onto somebody else, mm-hmm. or I always want to make a joke about it. Like, uh, like, Oh, like, well, you should have saw me last month. Like, you know, like, yeah. like I'll, I'll make excuses. I'll, I have to qualify the compliment for some reason. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, the same thing, th- the same thing with love, you know, like th- there are people in our lives that, that want to, that want to be there for us and we don't let them be there for us because we feel like we're a burden, but it's, it's how they want to express love to, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we're struggling, like, especially like uh, one thing I always try to convey, no matter what, who I'm speaking to, if it's in an interview or anything like that, is that if you're struggling, there are people in your life that you're not sharing that with that can help you. They want to be there for you. You just got to be open and vulnerable. And it's very scary to be open and vulnerable, but it, it it sure beats sitting in depression and feeling like the world's crumbling down around you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, I was telling you, I listened to Brene Brown recently and, you know, she's talking about how scary vulnerability is. And it is scary because somebody can really, really slice and dice your heart when you open up like that. But also what you give up when you refuse to do that is the opportunity to receive a lo- love in a way that you've never received it before. And so you're shutting that door while you're self-preservating, you know, preserving yourself from that hurt or that harm that you're ultimately trying to avoid. Go ahead, Brown. And well, and what's amazing about that yeah. is that if you've been sitting in a place where you're just like, I've done everything I can do. I've read books. I've attended seminars. I've got coaching. And I feel like I'm at a sticky point and I'm not growing anymore. That could be the factor of your next level of growth is how vulnerable and open you. Yeah, that's big. (laughs) That's a gold nugget right there. (laughs) All right. So let's transition into parenting, right? Because you're a parent. You're also a business owner and you got a plethora of other things going on in your life. What's it like for you just being a dad right now? Uh, Challenging. It is challenging. Uh, I remember... uh, when I was a kid, I was, uh, I grew up in a really dysfunctional family. I didn't really have much oversight <laughs> when I was a kid, but there was, there was like the one rule that like when the street lights go on, you go home, right? There was that rule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now it's so much more complicated as a, you, you have to worry about, you know, what's on their devices, you know, what, what are they seeing on uh, these apps, YouTube and everything. Like personally, we, we made a choice that it's just like our kids are not on social media apps. Uh, they, they don't have free access to every single thing, right? Everything is, is very monitored and it's very specific. We specifically made that choice 
because there's a lot of crazy stuff out there and and we're trying to protect their eyes and ears uh and and their hearts we're mm-hmm. that's what we're really trying to do and and uh so it's it's been very very difficult because having to do that on top of like well, we got to worry about our income and we, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta go out and make mm-hmm. money. We gotta go out and make an impact. We, you know, we, we gotta see growth in our business. Like we have to see all of those things on top of parenting. But having said that, um, I would give up my business to take care of my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing is, is that from, in my opinion, my biblical view worldview is it's my wife, my kids, and then it's everything. Right. Um, or I should say, actually, let me take that back. It's God, my wife, my kids, and then everything else, right? And um, and and that's that's the, the that's the struggle of of being in business, being an entrepreneur, uh, intrapreneur, right? Working for a business, and you you work sixty hours a week. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to feel what what we're feeling. Uh, we only took on a few more responsibilities, uh, unnecessary stress, right? We could always, we could be working like a six figure gig for our company, but instead we're trying, we're trying to go out and venture and build something of our own. Um, but it, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, for sure. So the next question I have too, is how, like with all that stuff coming at you, right? We're, we got, it, it feels like way more than what we can handle some days. How do you manage that? How do you manage the stress of that and still be effective as a, as a business person, effective as a parent or as a husband? How do you do both? Honest answer, barely. (laughs) I'm with you on that. (laughs) In some days, massive failure. (laughs) So the, the thing is, is that there is no one system, there is no one method, and there is no single person that I know that is perfectly managing all of them, right? And so you got to take the days as they come, like Matthew 6, 34, man. Don't worry about tomorrow for it'll bring its own worry. It's like, if I'm worried about sales calls that I have tomorrow, then I'm I'm not being present with what I need to do today, right? So you just got to take things as they come. You have to try to organize your life the best you possibly can. Um, and, and, in the moments where you feel like, man, I could plan this next thing out, or I can, I can just sit here on the couch and just take a break. So, sometimes you just gotta itch the break and and just go plan the thing out. You know, like so. Um, some days are easier than other days, and other days feel like impossible mountains. And then there's days like right now, right? Or there's moments like right now where it's just like I'm just having a conversation with a good uh, uh, one of my new good friends. And we're going to have fun. We're just going to have fun with this conversation. So um, uh, I think the one thing that helps me more than anything is just having something to look for. Right. So looking forward to these moments, looking forward to like later, I have to uh, help my son. My son's uh, seven years old and uh, they're doing a pumpkin, uh, a pumpkin decoration contest at his school. I get to help him decorate that pumpkin later. Right. So just looking forward to spending that time with my son and helping him do that. So um having those things to look forward to having those events or those moments to look forward to uh they they help you get through those the the times where it feels like everything's piling up you know i hear the two g words in there grace and gratitude right yeah. it's you have this certain gratitude that i hear you communicating about what's coming and what you're currently experiencing and yeah. you, you're giving yourself grace because or compassion or self-compassion because you're allowing yourself to have those bad days. You're allowing yourself without beating yourself up. 
And, and here's the key thing, too, that you know I want folks to hear. When we put ourselves under such a critical amount of pressure like that, we tend to do it outwardly, too. Right. And so when we're not when we find ourselves getting critical of others, check your own self-compassion and vice versa. When you're struggling to give yourself compassion or grace, think about how that's affecting those around you, because it never just stops with us. When we're having those hard days, it never just stops with us. It usually has a domino effect on others around us and especially those closest to us, your wife, your kids. They're going to feel it first before anybody else. Yep, absolutely. Like. Um, we, we have to, I always use this analogy because I think it's such a good visual analogy. Like, um, we try to, we, we tend to think, and we try to keep our stress in a box, right? And we say, oh, this is the box of work, right? Uh, and then we, we, the, everything going on with family, we keep it in that box. Hey, this is family and, uh, and this is hobbies and this is that, and this is that. But think about all these boxes like shoe boxes and you're filling them with water. How long is it before that the walls of that box, you know, disintegrate, right? And the water comes flooding out and everything gets mixed up already. So you whatever you got going on inside is going to show out. It, it just is, you know, like you the, the what's the saying? You can't lead anyone else unless you can lead yourself first. That's right. <laughs> right. So it's important. It's important for us to, to realize that. And let me, let me point out something as well. Two years ago, the whole grace factor, the gratitude factor of I've, I've always been a person that expresses gratitude because growing up the way I grew up in a super dysfunctional family filled with abuse, alcoholics, people in and out of jail, so on and so forth. Right. I was the neglected kid in, in that mess. Right. Um, and growing up. So every time something is good in my life, I'm super the grace for myself. I mean, like I've only improved that over the last couple of years, you know, because I, I, I am naturally very hard on my much, much harder. Like someone can say the harshest thing to me. And I'm like, dude, that didn't even compare to what I say to my, <laughs> so, uh, that that's only been a progression. I've only gotten better at that over the last couple of years. So I, I'm only a step or two ahead of the person that hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of us, right? Is, you know, really giving yourself that, that same self-compassion that, you know, and, and, and here, that's another thing I'll add is like, I think when we've experienced that, cause I experienced some things too, when I was younger, it's easier for us to give it when we are the ones who never receive. That's also true. And that's what I hear you saying. So you brought well, up. Actually, oh, one more thing. And I, I just like to point this out because I love this quote. Uh, Albert Einstein said, you wouldn't judge a fish by its decline. <laughs> right. Right. Like a lot of the times we give ourselves such a, a, a beating over something that we're not good at. We're not competent. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's important. It's important for us to realize that, you know, there's going to be areas in our life that we want to improve, but we there's a lot of work that needs to go into that, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're, you're not going to be the best at everything, right? Whoever asked us to, we're given a few talents, right? And we manage those well, but to expect ourselves to be great at everything. And I know I sometimes I think our culture promotes that, right? It promotes right. this idea that we have to be better at more things than we're actually capable. But like you said, right, you can't judge a fish principally to climb any more than you can judge me by my ability to maintain extreme attention to detail. Because the truth is, I'm just not going to do it. 
I'm not going to do it. That's true. That's me too, man. I've been called aloof more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> so going back to the subject of leadership, right? Because that's one thing all this has in common. Parenting, business ownership, whatever, right? Why is leadership important in all of this? Oh, man, leadership's important. If, if you are the one steering the ship, the people that are on the ship need to trust in where you're taking, right? Um, so... Uh, let's let's actually talk about this in segments. Leadership in business is is vitally important because people will only do so much for their pay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they'll do so much more for purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So being a good leader is conveying that purpose often and and living out that purpose mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So. That's what it takes to be a, a, a leader in business. When we're talking about leadership and parenting, who you are is who your kids will be. Mm, scary thought. Right? Or, or maybe exciting. Maybe exciting for some. This is real talk. Like, you know, like, here's the thing. Whenever I see something in my kids I don't like, I go, that's probably me. <laughs> that's probably me expressing in my those moments. <laughs> right? Um, like, my daughter, like, I... I have two gears. Let's get super serious and deep or let's laugh about everything and anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I see in my daughter when we're trying to have a serious conversation, her making very sarcastic jokes. And I'm like, that's me. That's me right there, man. Like I I can't avoid it, man. Like I got to look right at it. She learned from the best. best. And guess what? She's on point. She's funny. I'll get out, dude. So, you know, Watching, watching my kids realizing like, hey, they're going to do what I do. They're going to, they may not think what I think or believe what I believe uh, because I can't get that in depth with my children, right? But I can act out my beliefs and I can act out my, what I, what I think is the right thing to do. One thing that my kids realize, and this is, this is a rule I have in my house is like, hey, uh, if you get in trouble, it's one punishment. If you lie to me, it's 10 times worse. Yeah. So just tell me the truth. And, mm-hmm. and so we we created this culture with our kids that it's like you are incentivized to tell me the truth because mm-hmm. it, it's just not going to be as bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I want my kids to always be open with me and I want them to be mm-hmm. honest with me and I want mm-hmm. them to be able to tell me the truth. Um. So that that has to play out with me telling them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. If I haven't, if, if they ask me why I got to give them a why, if they ask me why seven times, I will get to a point where I'm like, okay, I have no more whys. For, okay. Right. <laughs> you run out of that. And it, it, it's funny. Cause I remember when my parents used to say, because I said so, and I always said, I wasn't going to do that until yep. I got to the point where I understood why they said it. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, like I'm, I'll be pretty gracious about the first one or two whys. And then it's just like, okay, because it's because dad wants it this way. And if you keep asking me why it's just going to get worse. So just, right. just yep. go with it, dude. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but that leadership is important in parenting. And then when it comes to my marriage, like I, I can't expect my wife to be in her devotionals every single day, unless I'm in my devotionals every day. Right. I can't her expect to read if I don't read, right? So that's uh, that's that's another thing that that I've tried to instill in my family culture. We're all readers. Like it doesn't matter what you're reading, but you're and so dad constantly I have like eight books on my desk. I have bookshelves in my dining room. I have books everywhere all over the house. And my kids can regularly witness me reading 
books, reading the Bible, read, you know, the most important book for them all. And uh, they can witness that. And I know that because they witness that, they're not saying to themselves, well, dad's making me read and he never reads. It's like, no, mm -hmm. dad's making me read because it's important to dad. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. Interesting. So it, the common thread there right, is leadership is all about setting the example. Right? Yes. It's being that person that you, you really want to translate into others. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get it confused, right? It's being in charge or, you know, having control. No, it's actually quite the opposite. It's looking at the person back in the mirror right, and saying, what are you going to do to create the things that you're leading? Right. And so you want to see more of something, be more of something. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the example that you set, the attitudes that you tolerate, right? And the expectations that you manage, like mm -hmm. it, it has everything to do with, you know, like when my kids are, you know, I, I'm probably known as Dr. No in my house, right? Because like, I will say no 99 times out of a hundred. But when I say yes, that yes means so much more to my, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. the, the one thing I didn't have growing up that I'm really trying to do with my kid and still a, a sense of discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. and uh i didn't have that i was i was not managed as a child right mm -hmm. <laughs> so so can, can you do something for me though because discipline sometimes is confused with punishment yeah and so yeah. how would you describe the difference i would say uh if you redefine discipline as how you take action mm -hmm. right so uh discipline is an action love is an action mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You you can say that you love something, but what you act out is going to tell me if you actually love that. Yeah. You can tell me that you're disciplined, but unless you act out discipline, I, I can't believe that you're actually disciplined. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, with my kids, you know, like discipline's not a not a nasty word. It's not a punishment word. As a matter of fact, when when we're talking about, you know, uh, punishment, restriction, anything like that, we never use the word discipline. When it comes to to, uh, to us, a discipline is teaching them how to do it the right way. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And repetitively, right? Because we build habits, we 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 create behaviors that become habits, and right. those habits well, shape. Go ahead. How you begin to think about something and believe about something will shape how you do that. Thing, yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we hear this all the time. Like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. Like you hear those extreme ownership rules. Like, have you read the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing? I think I have actually. Yes. It's a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. But I think people like people that are hardcore personal development, they're just like, oh, I got to own everything. It's mm -hmm. like, no, you have to own what you're responsible for. Right. You know, and then whatever you're not responsible for, you don't set out blame. You set out to solve the problem. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it's really mm -hmm. that simple. So. When, when I'm looking at my kids, you know, like it's, it's even, you know, I'm doing a homework with my son, right? How you write your name matters, right? Mm -hmm. We go, we go that small of a measurement mm -hmm. on, on how you write your name matters. Don't be mm -hmm. sloppy. Don't, don't be, you know, um, apathetic. Oh, my name's Luke. It's just like, take pride in your name. Like I, son, we gave you that name, like, <laughs> but it's like when, when from the way you write your name to how you how you read the book, like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're if you're in it and reading the book like that, all of that matters. And so that's that's kind of what we're what we're really trying to set with our kids. It's like like 
how you treat people matters, how you interact matters, the actions you take, how much you put yourself into a thing. We never reward the outcome. We reward the effort. Yeah. Ah, nice. That's good. Reward the effort, not the outcome. My daughter's straight A's all the mm -hmm. time, right? And I, I make it a, a point that when she hands us a report card and straight A's, I go, of course you had straight A's because you put in the work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So from the onset with my daughter, we tried to do that. So when my son came into the picture, it was just. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, I've actually heard that before and it, it caught me off guard because we are, we're so used to rewarding the outcome and we witnessed that growing up, but it's true. It's the effort that really makes all the difference in anything. If you reward the outcome, let's say that you're in a, a foot race with Usain Bolt, mm -hmm. right? If you only reward the outcome, you'll never feel good in a foot race against you. <laughs> That's right? a good point. So, but if you say, if you focus on the effort, like I gave, I, dude, I almost had a heart attack. I gave everything I could to try to beat him, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I did everything I possibly could and I should feel good. Mm -hmm. So you detach the emotion from the outcome. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a very competitive person. Of course, I want to win. Mm -hmm. But when I lose, I want to lose graciously. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and if I focus on my own effort, all I can blame is my own effort, not the outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, when kids get that, the, the confidence in my children is astounding. Sometimes I'm like, do I need to like make fun of them a little bit to bring down that confidence? Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> sometimes they're way too confident. <laughs> <laughs> but but all in all, like I I I like that they have that confidence mm -hmm. because they're not afraid to try things. They're not afraid to do things. And and when they do things, they put they just lean into it and they put them full their full selves. In. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of something I heard. Is it usually is in a different context, but I think it fits here. Um, the grass is always greener where you water it. I heard that recently. I was like, oh, that's good. So in essence, wherever you put the most effort in, that's where your proverbial green grass is going to be the greenest. Well, it, and I'll even add to that. It's not just about water, right? The grass is always greener where the most crap has been. <laughs> I love that. Right? Yeah. So sometimes like, and and really like, I, I, I thought of that one day because I was just like, all the crap that I'm going through, what's the point of me going through this? And I realized like, dude, just like being in the gym and lifting weights, the more repetitions and the more volume that you get doing that thing, the stronger you're ultimately, right? There's there's a rule about in bodybuilding and it's called, and the rule is time under tension. The more time under tension you can get on your muscles, the more growth you'll actually see from those muscles, right? Of course, you need to rest and recuperate and all of those things. But I'm talking about workouts specifically. And when I realized that, I realized, man, the grass is green where you water it. But sometimes where, where the most crap is, you'll see the most growth. Yes. So it's okay to go through those times where it feels like everything's piling on. Because ultimately, uh, we, we were talking about this too. Another saying I have is, uh, is when something goes wrong, man, that just made my story better. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually shared that with several people since then. <laughs> and and it's so, true, man. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what goes wrong, it's just like, that's ultimately going to make my story better. I don't mm -hmm. see it right now, but in mm -hmm. retrospect, I'll see it. Oh, yeah. It's so a soaring character guard. Life's yeah. better understood backwards. Absolutely.
Yeah. All right. So two two questions so we, we can wrap up. Um, first thing is like if you had a chance to start over and go back in life, like what what would you say to your younger self if you had to start over? I, I would I would give my younger self two pieces. And I, I think the first piece of advice would be not not everyone has to like you. It's it's OK just to be right. Uh, it took me a long time to recognize that I don't need anyone to love because the fact is, is that I live by principles and those principles guide my life and someone's opinion of me should not change. The second piece of advice I'd give myself is have fun. That's a big one. Because the thing is, is like I've spent so many days, weeks, months, years, just worrying, stressed out, uh, feeling depressed, overwhelmed, anxious, all of, all of the quote unquote negative emotions that we go through. And the times in which um, I struggled the most, it's it's almost like I forgot how to have fun, right? And I realized that I'm not a, like I'm a person that performs well under pressure if and only if I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. The, the minute it becomes like a, I have to do this, you know, mm-hmm. like, for my family name or something, whatever it is, right? Changes the dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, it changes the dynamic. Uh, I perf- like, there's no amount of pressure that can get to me if I'm having a good Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so have fun. <laughs> I, I find the same thing to be true, Rob. Um, even recently, I, I was thinking to myself, I used to get excited about these things that, you know, things that currently I'm kind of just missing altogether because the stress and overwhelm and like that. So yeah, it's important to have fun. And if you're unable to even pause, take a break maybe, or cut back on some of the stuff that's causing you to not be able to step back and enjoy things. All right. So I have one question, but before I, one more question, before I get to that, I just want to say thank you, Rob. I always love your wisdom and the things that you share. This has been an awesome conversation. So thanks for joining me today. Hey, thank, thanks for letting me talk. My wife will tell you that I love to do that. So. <laughs> Mine would say the same thing. Go figure. <laughs> All right. So um, how can people reach you uh, and for what specific services? Um, so right now, like I said, mentioned before, I'm, I'm really helping people reshape their own image from the inside out, right? So um, anyone, anyone that's really struggling with, you know, putting themselves out there, telling their story, um, how, how, how do you approach telling your story? Like, how do you share this online? Like social media is all a highlight reel. Like, do I have to share? Like, what do I share there? Right. Um, you and I had already had this conversation. So, um, helping people reshape their image and really project their authentic self and tell their story. So that's primarily what I help people. Do. Um, and you can find me everywhere. Rob Duhame. Um, I think on Instagram, it's Rob uh, on LinkedIn, it's Rob Duhame. Um, you can find me everywhere uh, at Rob Duhame. Um, or at the very least, just you can go to my website and sign up for a free consultation call with me. Uh, that's robduhame.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rob. And thank you guys so much for being with us and watching or listening today. Uh, but truly appreciate being your host. Remember to lead well, live on purpose and honor God with your life. And remember to subscribe or follow this podcast if you're enjoying listening. Have a great day. And thanks again, Rob. Hey, thank you. Bye.
Thank you once again for listening and supporting the No Purpose Without Love podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, please remember to follow this podcast to continue receiving notifications about new upcoming episodes. For more information about how to start your own purpose-filled journey or to get in touch with me, you can start my online course by going to courses.beaconleaders.com or you can email me at info at beaconleaders.com. You can also visit my website at www.davidegoresso.com. I will post these links and others in the description section of each episode as well. So until next time, remember to lead well, live on purpose, and honor God with your life.